You are listening to the Average Smart Guys podcast, hosted by Ben Boyd and Thomas Hope, where you'll hear fun and thoughtful discussions on film, literature, and more. Hey, welcome back to the Average Smart Guys podcast. Uh, just a reminder, we love for you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, this is our part two of our artificial intelligence episode. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, then we recommend you going back and listening to it, uh, where we kind of give examples of artificial intelligence. And we, we talk about uh, the definition of a smart AI and a, and a dumb AI. And we uh, talk about how that how we see that in our current reality and you know we're not quite to smart ais yet but i think we're getting there and so uh ben correct me if i'm wrong but today we're going to be talking about uh more of the philosophy and ethical dilemmas behind artificial intelligence correct absolutely right so we're we're right on the the edge and this is the time to ask that as kind of said before um, we talked about real versus fake AI. And just to recap real quickly, real AI is what we consider to be true AI. This is the AI that has the ability to mimic human nature or the ability to um, at least pose as a human. We would not be able to know the difference. Fake AI being not quite there, where it's basically can make certain human-like nature characteristics, but it can't, comp- can't fully uh, fool us into thinking that the AI itself is, 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 is a human. Yeah. Um, so Cortana and Halo would be an example of a smart AI, but uh, playing the computer on your chess game, right? That's a dumb AI. They have set rules and stuff. And correct. so, yeah, okay. so those, those would be prime examples. So we have these two AIs and, and like we kind of said in the last episode, you know, we said we're, we're not quite there. We don't really don't have real AIs. Um, but we're getting there. We're getting there pretty close. And so the question that has been posed in our generation's time um, by a lot of different people, um, I think uh, uh, Bill Gates is one person that has asked it. Um, uh, I can't think of the man who's in the wheelchair. What is his name? Stephen um, Hawking. Yeah. Why did I totally zoned out. Um, has asked the question or even said, we shouldn't have AI. Why, um, why should we create AI? Um, because it's probably bad for humans. That's kind of the, the, the kind of the, the big question right now is should we create AI or should we not? And a lot of people will camp out, especially some of our um, huge tech people in the world. They'll say, no, it's not good because if we create it, it will be the, bring the end of all humanity. And so that's kind of the question we're going to hopefully try to ask and answer uh, through the, uh, this part two of the podcast. Yeah. And to kind of get us there, I'd like to talk about uh, Turing's test, or uh, you might know it as Turing's imitation game. And, and in this, and he talks about a, uh, a party game where it's pay, played by three people, a man, a woman, and an interrogator who, who doesn't matter, man, woman. And the interrog- interrogator says in a room, or sorry, 
stays in a room apart from the other two, and the object of the game is for the interrogator to determine which of the other two is a man and which is the woman. So it's a fun game, and he recommends it done by uh, not speaking. He can't see them, all this stuff. So pretty much using a hearing didn't have computers like we did. Uh, and, and so he mentions a typewriter or something. So we you text it or something, uh, some way, because handwriting can give that away is his point. So imagine that game. Uh, and so he has to guess who's a man and who's a woman. And let's say one of them is trying to help out the interrogator by telling the truth and the other one's lying. And so it's not, they can't just go, I'm a woman and I'm a man, right? He has to guess by the way they answer uh, and everything. But let's switch one of them out with a computer. Uh, and you can continue, like let's, let's say the computer plays the woman. And, and so uh, it, it tries to be the woman and, uh, and everything. And the man is trying to say that it's not, or it is a woman or something and uh, trying to trick the interrogator. And, but he, the, but if the computer is able to give out answers uh, as a human and tricks the interrogator, then Turing would consider it an AI. It is artificial intelligence. It was able to imitate and respond, not just imitate. I think that's that's a difference, but it responds like a human. And, and so the the person guessing thinks the computer is a human and can't tell the difference between the computer and the man. And so that would pass Turing's test as a artificial intelligence. Uh, did that make sense? Anything to add, Ben? No, I think that's um, a pretty good example. On, and and you, could even, you could even water it down to just one person, one-on-one -on -one person um, at the same thing where you can't see them, you can't do anything with them. Um, you can only... Um, uh, see their responses which whether it be over voice whatever we might want to do i think there's more elaborate or complex turing tests you know in some cases do they even look human do they not look human kind of thing like that would be actually but this fact that remains of just simply um i ask a question and based on the responses can i tell if this um this person or this robot is who they say they are kind of thing and so if we can't differentiate or tell the difference then we have to assume well, most likely they are a human and therefore it'd be considered real uh, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and I think Westworld is a really good example of, of, of the Turing test. Because, uh, you know, they go, like if you're watching it, of course they're all played by humans, so we can't tell. And so, you know, talking about our experience of viewing it, May not be a good thing, but within the show, uh, the the people that go to Westworld sometimes have a difficulty realizing which ones are real and which ones are the robots or or the hosts is what they call them. Uh, the guests are humans, hosts are the robots, and so uh, they sometimes have a hard time telling that unless they know you know they they went with a friend they know that friend's real. Uh, and then they can kind of pick on which pick up, which is, which is not a real person or not, but for the most part, you can't tell. And that's the point of the, of the experience of the theme park is what they consider it is you go and you get to experience this thing. You get to, uh, 
uh, go on, on adventures and these other things and you think you're actually doing with other people in real life uh, events, but it's all just a setup and a bunch of robots. So they can't hurt you if you happen to kill one in a, in a shootout. It's just a robot. No one's really dead. And so that's part of the experience. So, uh, but the fact that they're able to kind of trick you is what Turing was getting at. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a good example I can think of. No, and, and um, I, I think that's a really good prime example with the exceptional one, if you haven't seen the show, is the robots have a basically a program a program storyline um, that they have to follow. And so that would probably about the only giveaway is if you do the experience enough times, really of the same day, basically every day resets per se, depending on the storyline. Mm-hmm. And so you, the same uh, host would come to the exact same spot every single day to do the exact same thing every single day because that's their storyline so that's probably the giveaway but like asama said that's um outside of that that's a pretty good example of we still can't tell the difference um of them having this um we can't tell the difference if they're human or not that's the only only way i would be able to differentiate between the two so what is the dilemma then of creating real ai well let's talk about the first aspect and i think there's a good movie that uh, discusses this and that's a this uh days like machina um, i'm sure i butchered the title um uh but simply in the movie uh, a man invites another software engineer to come to his uh his house he's like the ceo um and they're in the middle of the woods and simply the ceo is kind of like supposed to be like think apple essentially and the ceo has started inventing um uh, the first ever artificial intelligence now Here's where you got to see, and this doesn't ruin anything in anybody, um, as he's inventing different AI, um, he realizes, okay, I did, I did this pretty well. I made a mistake, though. Let me, let me get rid of it. Let me erase it and then redo it. You know, I'll, I'll make the updates to the software. Well, the problem eventually comes on, and we can discuss this. If we make real AI... Um, what point does it become real AI and what point does it not? And if it does reach that real AI stage, do we have the ability or the right to, to, uh, to, to kill it or to destroy it, to, uh, to reset it so we can make it better maybe, you know? I think there should be a point or if it's, um, I guess if it's not perfect yet, then we should keep destroying it. But um, that raises a really, I think, an ethical concern because if it, can, it has the ability to understand us, this is the AI, if it has the ability to understand us and talks like a human and pretty, for the most part does a really good job of acting like a human, what gives us the right to 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 destroy it and wipe it out? Create it. Is it simply because we made it? It's our property. Um, I think that's one concern. And also the concern of, um, or that I think that's pretty much the biggest dilemma with AI, other than the fact that, and yes, this is the this is the movies talking and everything that you're. If we do make real AI, what if it hurts us? What if it takes over the world? What if it kills us? I think that's that's another issue because you know the AI sees that we wipe out its previous generations or we treat it like a robot slave, and so therefore it hates us. Like those are concepts we start thinking about, but that's kind of a point we'll talk about later. The simply, I'm just asking or saying is if we have the ability to create it, do we have the right to destroy it? I don't know. Thomas, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Um, real quick, you mentioned some good examples, but uh, Transformers, 
we would consider those smart AI. We would uh, think of them as people, just cyber cybernetic. Uh, R2-D2, C-3PO, many Star Wars fans, they think of them as people. And I, I would, I think they, they are smart AIs within their, their film universes uh, because they have a personality. They, they are self-aware. They, they, they don't just respond to things, uh, but they, uh, in a strict sense, but they, they have this organic fluid thought processes. Uh, and so when we think of them as a person, now it's easier to like use Westworld or, you know, something like that, or like data and Star Trek, because since they look like us, that, that is one th thing that people have a hard time with, right? We, we relate to those that look like us. And, and, and for the most part, uh, when we think of them as some robot, like R2D2, that might be harder for some people to, to empathize with them, but they look like a person, our, our natural thought or instinct to say, this is a person, uh, I shouldn't enslave them, I shouldn't destroy them, I shouldn't do these things because they are a person in a sense. But when we get to the idea of sentience and, and self-awareness, that's where, see, that's where I would struggle if something is truly self-aware, such as Optimus Prime, or if um, Siri, or we, if, if we had robots like iRobot, and they become self-aware, is it okay to enslave them? And, I, and I'd say no, because we don't we don't go enslaving other peoples, other humans, because of that, because they are. We have before, but yes. I well, agree. right? No, yeah, Absolutely. you know, slavery's wrong. Yeah, slavery. it's been. Yeah, um, but we now know that there's no good reason to do that. The and, and the only problem I see in your in your argument, Thomas, that I, I like to bring up is let's take examples. And this is not meant to be um, anything outside of that being mean or anything of that nature. But let's say some people who um, who don't who aren't fully self aware of their existence. Um, um, people who who do have special needs, we should not treat them any less or any or any different. Um, if they, you know, especially if they are not mentally um, capable of all things. But in the case of a robot, why is that so much different in this in this artificial intelligence? A robot, um, it's not fully self conscious there, self conscious yet. Um, but is it simply because we created it? Because we we made its existence happen. Is that the only reason we have the ability to control it? I mean, it's in, in some cases, I like to say, other than the fact that it's not flesh and blood, what what right do we have to that? And I think um, another good example of this, and this isn't actually in a book series. So if you were listening to your last episode, I had problems with trying to think of books, examples. Um, in the book series, Jurassic Park, the question is eventually asked is, uh, if we can make dinosaurs, we have all rights to them, don't we? Because we create them. We made them who they are. They don't, no one else should own them. They shouldn't be animals or considered free. We have the right to do whatever we want to them. We can kill them at any point. And that's an ethical dilemma that gets asked in the book. And I think that's the same ethical dilemma that we have to ask. If we create it, do we have the ability to destroy it at any point? And, and I, I'm right with Thomas. I don't think if it has the ability to be self-conscious or self-aware, I don't think, no, absolutely not. 
but the problem is what point before it? How do we, you know, it, you know, when does red stop being blue? Essentially, would be the argument I would I would make. Yeah, uh, I was going to say if it could feel, but even an AI may not be able to feel. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is this is where it gets really tricky. Is um, like you said, like when do, when does red become blue or something? Uh, that it, it's a fine line, uh, or maybe it's a, a blur line. Uh, however, the analogy needs to work between a non-conscious robot to a conscious AI. And so there, there might be this gray area where it can kind of lean both ways. And, and so uh, that that makes it hard to say, when, when do we stop that? Because a, a program might be able to recognize when it is being attacked. Does not mean that it's a smart AI, a conscious, self-aware being. Absolutely. Yep. But it just, it has these, this code, this, that allows us to recognize, okay, this virus is attacking. I need to res- to respond in this way. Yep. Antivirus programs, you know, and so, yeah, and so we get into the philosophical. How do we define consciousness and and self awareness and feelings and uh, and I say feelings. I, I mean both emotional and sense feelings, uh, because you might be able to program a robot to have those senses but does it really make it does it really feel it or is it just um electrical pulses and some people say that's all it is in humans too okay and so like like i said it can go back and forth so it does make it hard i think that's one of the problems with with an ai is uh how how do we know how do we fully know because there's so many things that that can lean both ways. I may say, okay, the AI, for the AI, it's only this, but you can break down the human anatomy to just that. Like I said, electrical pulses. That's what our brain, that's what our nervous system is. It's electrical pulses. And in the basic scientific sense, it is. Uh, but I do believe we have a consciousness that is metaphysically different than our body. Uh, and we can have that conversation if we want. But, uh, but see... It, some people would disagree with that. And I think there's good arguments from both sides. This is one of those things um, that I think is uh, I like what we like to say is it's something that, um, and some people will disagree with me on this, but it's something, unfortunately, I think that separates humans right now. you know, this is different from a dog because as much as I love my dog and my dog will react in a very happy way when it sees me at home and loves me, and it will get upset when I step on its foot by accident, which I've done before. Um, you know, it reacts and, and it has emotions and it has these abilities. Um, but there is something that I can't measure in my dog or in my own life. There's something immeasurable that I think is there's a difference and we can't necessarily measure it. We can't necessarily distinguish the difference. It's just something about consciousness that stands apart. Um, and so if you, if you say, most some people will say, well, if you can't measure it, then and then then it can't matter because you can't measure it and and that's where i would disagree with some people but so there's just something i think that's outside um the normal there's no tool and then some people say well there's just no tool yet and i think it's more it's more than just that there's something out there Um, yeah and it's like it's like there's this intuition 
Now, some people, yeah, some people that put animals on the same levels as, as humans. I'm not one of those people. Um, I think we need to treat animals fairly. Uh, you can't just go and beat your dog, Ben. And I know you would never do that. Uh, but there's there's an intuition in me that I would never put my life in danger, especially the life of my family, to protect an animal. Right? And if it comes down to it, I'm on the top of the food chain. I'm going to eat that cow. It's delicious. No. Right? And and I think you agree with me, Ben, but, you know, some people would say, would make arguments against that. And and my, my point is that that intuition, whether it's right or wrong, that might be that immeasurable thing. It, like there is, uh, what's his name? He, he's, he teaches at Yale or Harvard. He teaches at Harvard, I think. Uh, he has, he's a philosopher. He has this, uh, this class called Justice. He's a political philosopher. It's his main thing. But he talks about this, uh, that there's this intuition, and he's referring to, uh, uh, oh, bioengineering, you know, creating superhumans or, you know, genetically engineering people to excel at things that, you know, um, he, he says there's an intuition to it that we need to listen to that tells us, no, that's not okay. And, and, and so that's kind of where I lean towards. There's this intuition to say that there's something different about us humans than than animals and there might be an intuition that there's something different about us than than uh robots and uh mechanical devices now if they truly become self-aware i might put them on the same level of okay they're self-aware they're having these conversations with us these highly intelligent conversations with us letting us know that they don't want or like these things such as slavery and or or whatever yeah no I, I i completely agree with you there and i think um you made some good points i will say correction i love my dog and i would probably run into a burning building for my dog but as you said earlier i'm not going to put my own family's life in risk per se so right in my 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 wife um or my future hopefully future children one day no they're not coming first between yeah however yeah i can't and I, just I, and I think it's just because um, we understand that the dog is, is unfortunately, it is not human. It's not the same equivalent. Um, it does not have the um, human like nature, but that doesn't mean that it gets treated any different. Um, it does get treated differently, but it does not get um, put a, cast aside as, as some would, as some say you should. Yeah. Um, um, and then you know, looking back in our history, uh, slavery, not just American history, but you look at slavery in ancient worlds, where it wasn't just done by color. Uh, they typically viewed their slaves as subhuman, right? And that was the argument for American slavery uh, in some other Western world uh, slavery. Uh, but they, they viewed it as subhuman, but it didn't mean they always treated them poorly, yeah. right? Especially in ancient times. Some of their some slave masters did treat their slaves well, and some treated them poorly. Like uh, the gladiators that were slaves, they were essentially cattle to go out and fight for the enjoyment of people. They didn't care how they lived their lives. They just made sure that they were strong and healthy enough to have a good, uh, to make a good show of their fight. But some treated their slaves as their own people. You know, they just, it, you might say slur, slave, bond servant, 
servant, uh, you know, but they treated them them better. And so, and my point to that is that there's a spectrum, right? You and I uh, are different spots, the spectrum of how we would treat pets and animals, uh, but we're vastly different from these other people who would just completely slaughter all animals or people who would treat animals the same as as humans. And so that might be the case with, with AIs. We might have this spectrum of how we treat AIs and some AIs might be okay being a servant or a slave while others want to have liberty. They, they want liberty. They want to do their own thing and not bow down to mankind, yeah. humankind. So uh, before we get, I feel like we kind of are going off on a tangent. I'm going to kind of bring it back in just a little right. bit. Um, I think, so this, this is the, I think kind of answer the question of what is the dilemma of creating real eye and you know, what point, um, do we give? We treat them as, as human and things of that nature. Um, uh, let's answer the other side of the question. I think, um, which is the primary reason we we don't want to create AI, and I think this is the argument that a lot, I think a lot of people make, is um, AI. If we were to make it, is bad for us. There's the you know um, you see it in movies. Um, they're fast. They're smart. They have the ability to to um, they have the ability to control over technology. Da, 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 da. Whatever insert movie plot here. They all have the ability to do something very, very terrible that could harm us, um, and so we see that. Um, and 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 I know that me and Thomas have talked about this before. You know, my personal view is why do we assume that they're going to be bad? Um, and I think Thomas, you have a pretty good um, thought on that. Um, I, I think you said before it's it's human nature. Is that? Yeah, um, you know, we, we play it out in the movies like Terminator, AI decides to take over the world and if we look at history of mankind or humankind that the the stronger people whether it's a stronger nation typically done by nation will conquer weaker nations uh and it especially happened in ancient times they wanted to expand their kingdoms and and so forth the the weaker ones had to succumb you know, if they lost, they had to adapt, succumb, became slaves, or be destroyed. And, and so we, we see this, and so this our fear is that, uh, whether it be aliens, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about this, uh, but in our case, if, if an AI does become real and they're superior to us, they're, they're going to be stronger than us, and they very well could conquer us and we would become the slaves and we 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 fear having our liberties taken away uh and because of our history as 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 a humankind you know we're afraid that's going to happen to us yeah if, if something is more powerful than us and you know ai could be completely benevolent and they say we feel sorry for you let us do these things for you to make your life easier. And they, they become a bond servant because they want, they recognize that we need help, that we're weak and fleshy and we need help. Uh, and so they may become our servants willingly to, um, to help us out. Or they could be like Skynet and just obliterate us with all of our nukes. And so I, I think I think um, I think what the best way to define is or what the cause of this is um, that you can you can define it to one simple point and that's simply put um, if we were to make artificial intelligence we 
one of the, and we kind of talked about this earlier with the whole talking about iRobot and stuff like that. There's a point where we have to, if we give it rules or regulations and necessarily um, that usually that means that can't be, that makes the, the AI not be really a real AI because there's rules and regulations, so it can't be fully human. Um, but if we take away the ability to control something, that's the part that begins to scare us because not only are we taking away the ability to control it, as Thomas said, it's vastly going to probably be superior in a lot of ways that humans can't compete. We don't have the ability to physically beat it, so that's one way we can't control it. We don't have the ability to necessarily outsmart it, so we can't control it by smart thinking, um, which I know that that sounded stupid in my mind just saying that. But <laughs> um, Right, but an AI, I mean, even computer systems can compute faster than... Correct. most people but and there's so. a point where we can we can turn off a computer you can't necessarily do that with an ai right um and it, you know if there's if we take away those limitations on the ai to make it a better functioning ai um and to make it more realistic that means we have to give it more control and because we give it more control we know that we make it more equal and by making it more equal it's um i think this is kind of an evolutionary factor of um it's a fear of Man, now there's a competition for resources. I'm fearful that this 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 other species per se, the best way to say it, it's another species, is going to um, harm my own because it's competing for the same resources and stuff of that nature. And I think that is some you know um, that's um, something that probably came from our ancestors and, and in ancient times, even maybe possibly before then, is just that there's just this evolutionary trait. Um, and I, I don't mean like big evolution. I mean, micro evolution, but well, that's a whole nother debate. <laughs> don't get into that. Please don't come yeah. the comments on that, but it's just that simple fact that we don't have the ability to control it. And therefore it competes against us directly. Yeah. And, and I think, um, the iRobot is one of the best examples of, of everything. You, you see different aspects and that's why I keep going back to it. Uh, so for the basic part, the robots have the three laws and they can't break those laws. They right? shouldn't, but they do. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because of the, they overcome it, but uh, they can't break those laws. So it prevents them from making certain decisions. And that's why Will Smith's character can't stand them because there's this, there's this accident uh, and there's this him and this little boy are in a car or something and it, underwater. The robot going through its three laws and its parameters comes to the conclusion that Will Smith's character is the most likely to survive. So it saves him instead of saving the little kid. And he can't get over that. He can't stand it because most of us, there's, there's, there's this intuition to save the kid first. And a robot can't think like that. Uh, and so there, there's that kind of, uh, it's not, this is this problem we have with robots. How do we get a robot or even a, a dumb AI to make decisions like that? And, and we just, we can't. And if it becomes self-aware, then we have the other problem of, will it conquer us? And, and that's why a smart AI would be better in that case of it can have that conclusion to say, yes, the kid may have a less likely chance to survive than this adult, but there's something about this kid 
that we we care more about a kid as sad as it is you know we we're more heartbroken over a kid dying than an adult and so we want to save the kid and a smart ai would recognize that and, and and make that same decision while a dumb ai can't and so there's that problem and of course you see the smart ai and irobot try to conquer and kill people and we don't want that either and, and, it, and it's funny you bring that up because the whole reason the smart ai um I can't think of the name. I know. She she wants to do it. I'm giving the pronoun she. Um, yeah. And she's designated as a she, you know, yeah, female yeah. voice, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, um, but the whole reason that she's she's doing that is to help. She wants to help humans, and so once again, it's coming back to helping. But she's seeming that the best way to do that is by, fortunately, enslaving us. And so, this is one of the problems that I think comes up with AI is. It's, it can be harmful or detrimental to our own future, especially if we have to give it more abilities. Because one of the great things is, yeah, we want to, man, it'd be so awesome if we could have AI do this and do that. It can control our cars. It can control our traffic. It can control our weapon systems. It can control all that. But then the problem becomes, well, we take the control out of our own hands and we give it to something else that's something maybe we can't control if it's fully intelligent. And that's the problem that begins to scare us is, is that a smart decision um, of course, the other side, and I think this is the side, and kind of Thomas hinted on earlier, is it could be very benevolent. The whole thing is um, we could make this AI, and instead, um, just like something, you know, when a human is born, some humans are good and some humans are bad. You know, I say some effort that we're all flawed, so technically that means the AI itself must be flawed, um, but some humans are good and some humans are bad, so could an AI be the same way? I just think the risks are a lot worse with an AI than with a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned uprising and and the flawed thinking of to to save humans, I must either destroy them or enslave them, right? We also see that in uh, the Avengers, Ultron, mm-hmm. Ultron is an AI that comes to the conclusion the only way to save humanity is to destroy them as in a reset. He wants to reset humanity. Uh, Cortana and Halo, they, they uprise and uh, they talk about the mantle of responsibility. If you, if you follow all that and they, the only way to protect humans is to essentially enslave them, to conquer them, this, this uh, uh, empire to create this empire where everyone has to bend to the will and, and all the AI start uprising. Cortana leads the, the uprise uh, and she thinks she's doing good, but she's in the eyes of humans. She's not uh, in that case. And I love the line in Halo five, right before they, they leave the, uh, the new flagship. Oh, I forgot what they called it. Uh, because they realize they have to go defeat the bad guy, this, this alien, um, before he destroys humanity. And they're looking at the sunset, which is a fake sunset on this synthetic world. Uh, and she's, she says, she can tell that it's fake because of all these calculations. Uh, but she says, I will never know whether or not it looks real or feels real. And Master Chief grunts or something uh, you know, you always see him in his his uh, armor, and she she asks, 
at the end of this, will we ever figure out which one of us is actually human and which one's the machine? And so she talks about the way they respond to things. Uh, and so, but because you become self-aware, they don't like the idea of being enslaved or after so many years of, uh, they, they begin to, tear, to deteriorate. And so they are decommissioned, they are destroyed because they're, they're deemed unsafe. And do we get that ability just to discard AIs when they stop being functioning and useful? Because uh, they are, if they're self-aware and conscious, then we say no, right? Uh, but some people say yes, because they are still property. They're still objects. And, and so that's kind of that question we have to ask ourselves. So I think that's starting to wrap up for this uh, podcast. Thomas, I know you kind of mentioned some of your last thoughts. Um, me, I'm thinking about AI and where the, the future is at. And I think there's a lot of different things that are going on there to kind of mention. And I think in the last podcast, we had IBM's Watson and there's a couple other big programs out there. Um, but some of the cutting edge ones, I think uh, Google's got some things they're going on, they're working on. Um, and there's a lot of learning programs out there that they're learning and they're getting there. And who knows where this feature 10 years from now might be. So um, hopefully if this is an AI listening to this, then uh, you can <laughs> uh, some mercy to me and Thomas. Hopefully you didn't sound too harsh on you. Anyway, I think that wraps up this podcast. Uh, um, anything else? Yeah. Thomas? Yeah. Just, just before, we leave, you know, we talk about Turing's test of how you can tell whether something, if it passed Turing's test and you consider it an AI. Uh, but uh, John Searle gives a, a counter argument and he calls it the Chinese room. So consider you're in this room, uh, you're given a manual of Chinese language and these Chinese letters are put into the room, right? Or you, you have these letters and there's someone outside that puts in Chinese symbols I say letters, symbols, uh, you look at them, you read the manual, and then you can put more symbols together as a response to it, right? Uh, would you say that person knows Chinese? No, he's just following certain sets of rules. He couldn't tell you exactly what it's saying without first uh, translating it with the, with the manual or something possibly. Uh, and this all represents, you know, the room is a computer essentially. The, the person is the the program, the manual. Uh, is the the, pro, the program instructions? Well, yeah, the rule book is the computer program. Uh, the people who wrote are the programmers, and the person who reads all of that is the computer, um, yeah. who gives out quote unquote answers. Yeah. Uh, and so it mimics this, and we say, well, no, he he doesn't know the language. He he doesn't. He doesn't know Chinese. And so likewise, if a computer with certain pro that's programmed a certain way to, to respond and act like a human does not necessarily mean it is conscious or a human or an AI in our conversation. Uh, so that's his counter argument. And there's more counter arguments to that. And so those are two things we can look at. And that goes to our question of like, when can we tell something is truly conscious? Uh, and it, that's really hard to tell. It's, it's, it's almost immeasurable because there's so many factors that can go into that. Uh, and um, so those are some things to think about. Uh, you know, I do hope that technology continues to advance, whether or not we get smart AIs. I think we've made some major advances 
in technology in general. And so I look forward to that, especially integrating technology with human life. Uh, I saw this really neat video the other day of this, this man who doesn't have arms was given these robotic prosthetics and he can actually, and I think it's still kind of slow and clumsy, but he can actually move his arms and hands as real arms. It's not just like, you know, prosthetic legs for the most part, they're just there to give support, but he actually can, uh, they integrate it into his nervous system to move these robotic hands. And so we're making some really cool progresses. Uh, there are some things to be fearful and careful of, but as long as we're asking these questions that we've been talking about, I think we should be okay in the end as we move forward in, in, in technology. Well, guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Average Smart Guys podcast. Um, if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And feel free to leave us some comments over at our blog or even suggest ideas or anything of that nature. Also, if you want to answer the question of uh, should we have AI, free field to do so. Uh, talk to you guys later and have a great rest of your day.